Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we talk with APAS President Todd Lewis about the increased carbon tax, agri-stability, and efforts to improve rural internet service. We talk about a new survey on crop rotations. Real Agriculture looks at the clean fuel standard. We have a feature on farm mental health and a look at a new farm research project in Manitoba. We also have a report from the Prairie Wheat Commissions looking at a story on rising bakery costs. Wheat prices are not the culprit. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. The president of APAS is disappointed with the expansion of the federal carbon tax. The $30 a ton tax rises to $50 in two years and then jumps $15 a ton per year to reach $170 by the year 2030. APAS president Todd Lewis says the tax will put Saskatchewan farmers at a competitive disadvantage on the world market. Well, it's a huge increase and uh, yeah, farmers are concerned and, and they very well should be. We, uh, had released some figures earlier on uh, last year about uh, the cost per acre and you know the, the added cost to producers uh, you know on things like grain drying electrical bills uh, transportation costs and uh, boy with this uh, 170 dollars a ton if we don't have any exemptions it's going to uh, you know it'll, the cost per acre you know could end up at the above 10 dollars an acre annually if, if you know maybe you're working even up to 15 dollars an acre so you know those are significant costs for the producers and uh, it's straight off the bottom line, and then and uh, producers are very concerned that if this is implemented, that uh, we, we and we don't have you know exemptions, we're going to be uh, really at a competitive dis- disadvantage. So you're looking for some kind of exemption, some support for farmers and sequestration. Yeah, I think you know we've talked about for for the last number of years the sequestration models, carbon you know carbon sequestration on both our rangeland and cropland uh, Saskatchewan really lead leads the world in, in that technology and being able to measure what we have in the ground right now currently and what we're adding every year. So I think those uh, recognition there is a real opportunity for Saskatchewan producers to, uh, we've uh, been implementing these technologies like zero till for, you know, it was born really in Saskatchewan. So so I think it's, a, you know, an example there where it's an opportunity for Saskatchewan producers. It, it's interesting the numbers that came out from the parliamentary uh, budget office kind of verified what we've been saying as far as costs and so on. So I think that's new information as well that we can take to the federal government and, uh, you know, push, push upon them and impress upon them that these costs are, are really going to get out of hand for producers. And uh, and like I say, we're, we'll really be a detriment to the producers being able to uh, invest in, in some of these new technologies and actually lower our carbon footprint. It's uh, kind of the ironic part of this. The more money we take out of their pocket, the, the less amount we have to invest in new technologies that uh, actually helps improve our carbon footprint. Now, on another topic, the federal government has made uh, an offer on agri-stability to make some changes to enhance the program. Uh, what are your thoughts? What's your reaction? Well, we were uh, happy to see that some new money was, was put on the table. The agri-stability specifically was, was really gutted back in 2013. There's been no money put into the program since that point, since the cuts were made. And, uh, 
you know, so the programming really is, hasn't even kept up with the rate of inflation. And uh, this is the first new money that uh, significant money that's been put on the table, added into the program. So, so we welcome that, and uh, you know, we we uh, realize the province it's uh, it's an invest, it's a cost, but it's also an investment for agriculture. As I say, we've been you know going on seven eight years here with a with a very poorly designed program, and and uh, there seems to be consensus about going to a new new style of program in the next agreement starting in 2023. So we need. I think this is a good opportunity to uh, invest the money uh, in the program and and uh, hopefully get us as a bit of a bridge into 2023 because we certainly uh, need better programming than we have. And you know, it's uh, it's important to uh, remember this is only an insurance program. If we don't have a major wreck, farmers don't collect. So we need a major drop in, in farm income to uh, trigger agri stability. And if we don't have that drop in income, we'll just uh, continue along. It won't be an expense. So. And if we do have that major disaster, be it frost or, or uh, drought on the crop side, or you know what's happened in the livestock industry with the COVID issues, uh, you know it's it's money that we need in place to uh, support our producers through hard times. So I think it's important that you know we see this offer get accepted and uh, didn't do any put into the programs. And on another topic, APAS is in the midst of a task force study on improving rural internet service. How's that going so far? Well, uh, the five members of the task force are, are really learning a lot, and there's lots of uh, information out there, lots of technical information. They're getting their heads around some of that, and uh, and uh, I think they found some ideas that uh, could be part of the solution to the problem. And it's a ever increasing issue. Uh, you know, dig- digital load is something that we're all all using more and more of, and uh, you know, we're into it again right now, even with the schools being closed and so on. That that people in rural Saskatchewan are at a real disadvantage trying to do distance, distance learning or working from home. So it's important, it's timely, and uh, they're doing good work. And I would ask everybody, to please do the uh, speed test. Go on to the APAS website and do the speed test. It, it tells you what your download speed is and so on. And it's a cre- creating a database just to give a true picture of what Internet service is like in, in rural Saskatchewan. Todd Lewis is the president of APAS. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Agricultural practices have changed a lot since the early 1990s and the introduction of direct seeding and reduced tillage. At the time, economics and climate pushed farmers towards zero till, but there were also environmental benefits such as storing carbon in the soil. Unfortunately, many of these changes were adopted prior to current Canadian climate initiatives. This makes it difficult to quantify the environmental benefit made by the agriculture sector. That information would be beneficial in countering potentially costly new climate or environmental regulations from being placed on farmers. A team from the University of Saskatchewan is working on gathering some of that data through a new farm survey. The Crop Rotation Survey is being led by Stuart Smythe, an associate professor in the Department of Agricultural and Resource Economics. He also holds the industry-funded research chair in agri-food innovation. Chelsea Sutherland is a graduate student working on the Crop Rotation Survey. It's called the Crop Rotation Survey because we're really looking at all aspects of a farmer's on-farm management practices. So we're looking at everything from the seeding, the fertilizer, the tillage, 
the chemical use, and we really want to get a broad overview of how farm practices and land management practices have changed over the past 25 years. And then we'll be doing various research studies looking at elements such as greenhouse gas emissions and carbon sequestration and the stewardship of the soil and land. Um, And those will all come out of this broad data set that we're collecting. Direct seeding is the biggest change. Uh, Yeah, zero tillage and the removal of summer fallow are, are the two big aspects that we're looking at for sure. Much of the change was in the 1990s, but farmers never did get credit for that. No, absolutely not. And and that's the key objective of this whole survey is we're trying to really give farmers a voice when it comes to the the environmental policy space and really to have them be recognized for these adoptions and these really sustainable management practices that they're incorporating. She was asked what they're looking for from farmers. So it's mostly input data that we're gathering from farmers. So everything from seeding rates and fertilizer rates, chemical use and the the rates and the chemicals that were applied. We're looking at the equipment used. And there's four separate components that we're specifically gathering data in. The first one is seeding, following the seed right through until harvest. The second is the fertilizer use of the farmer. The third is their tillage use. And the fourth is their chemical applications. They're looking at various time frames. There's two time periods that we're looking at. Um, The first one is from 1991 to 1994. And the second is from 2016 to 2019. But farmers don't have to have been farming during both time periods to participate. Um, We encourage and invite farmers from all across Saskatchewan, no matter how long they've been farming, to participate in this survey. So a retired farmer who farmed in the 1990s would be welcome to participate in the survey. Yeah, the survey itself um, is fairly detailed. Um, As I mentioned, there's four separate components. And in all, we expect it to take um, between two to four hours to complete. However, you do have the opportunity to save your answers and come back and work on it throughout the week. So it's not like you have to block off an entire day to do this survey. The survey is done online. Yeah, absolutely. You'll get an email link with your survey link and you can complete it um, at home, online, whenever works for you. There's a $200 payment for completing the survey as a way of saying thank you. Um, there's a couple ways to find out about this. You can visit the Crop Rotation Survey Facebook page. Um, you can also visit the Sustainable Agricultural Innovation and Food website. Or you can contact me by email, um, chelsea.sutherland at usask.ca. Once all the data is compiled, it will be analyzed. There will be lots of data. And we hope to to have um, a couple of research projects come out of this for sure. But the main way that we'll be sharing this information with farmers is through blogs and through social media because that's one of uh, the most accessible ways to share information right now. But there will for sure be um, some research papers and some journal articles coming out in the next, uh, I want to say about the next year. Chelsea Sutherland is a graduate student working on the Crop Rotation Survey, a project being led by Stuart Smythe, an Associate Agricultural Economics Professor at the U of S. They're looking for farmers to provide data from two periods, 1991 to 1994 and 2016 to 2020. You can answer questions from one or both time frames. More information is available at the Crop Rotation Survey Facebook page or by emailing Chelsea Sutherland at chelsea.sutherland at usask.ca. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. 
This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. Today we're talking to Marla Orenstein of the Canada West Foundation about the Clean Fuel Standard. The title of a citizen's guide to the CFS, this is really a policy, although it impacts agriculture, it really has an impact on Canadians across the country, no matter what your background is. Yeah, it, it, it really does. It's something that's supposed to impact everybody. And it's also incredibly complex and incredibly dense and filled with all these technical weeds that make it really difficult to figure out what was going on. It took us over a year and a half of, of working with um, all kinds of analysis and speaking with stakeholders to even get a grasp on it, on it ourselves. And so we figured the best thing we could do is try to explain it in a way that has relevance for everyone. Just breaks it down. Do you think it will actually achieve some of those objectives? Well, that's a really interesting question. Um, I, I wouldn't mind digging to the side for a minute to, to try to explain the, the difference between the clean fuel standard and the carbon tax, because it's something that um, a lot of people have conflated in their minds. And so before we talk about how it's going to do it and whether it can do it, let's talk about what it is and, and, and what it isn't. Perfect. So the carbon tax, as we know, is introduced uh, and it puts a tax on um fossil fuels at the for the end user and we get a rebate back later but basically it makes those fuels more expensive and it tries to induce a behavior change by, by a bit of sticker shock there the clean fuel standard really works upstream of that end user it's something that works on the fuel itself so that by the time it reaches you it's already a decarbonized product and we we have an analogy in the report that says it's like a liter of gas is a piece of pizza and Canada's on a diet and what the carbon tax does is it makes the pizza more expensive so that we'll buy less of it. But what the clean fuel standard does is turns it into a low-fat pizza so that even as we continue to consume it, um, we're, we're putting in less calories, or in this case, we're putting out less emissions. So there really is a difference in, in what they're intended to do, who it affects, and, and, and how it helps us reach those goals. So do you think it's a mistake, the federal government, when they on a Friday they, they announced the carbon tax plan? Like they've, tie, they've tied this together on purpose. Uh, I've said that, that you know, whether you think the clean fuels, like whatever, whatever you think about the carbon tax, I, I think that has clouded some of the initial reaction to the CFS um, where you know, people, yeah, are, people are t- attaching them. And they are attached, but like you described, they are different. Yeah, and well, in terms of whether it was a mistake or not, it was certainly uh, challenging for us because we had a, a huge webinar lined up for Monday morning and suddenly had to to re-look uh, at everything and, and figure out whether our conclusions were still true. And actually, a lot of them weren't. Uh, that Friday afternoon announcement on, on the Healthy Environment, Healthy Economy plan um, certainly did increase the carbon tax, but it also made a major, major change to the clean fuel standard. So originally, the the clean fuel standard was supposed to be about all kinds of fossil fuels, liquids, which are mostly gas and diesel, solids like coal, and gaseous like natural gas or propane. Well, the announcement with the um, with that came on Friday took out gaseous and took out solids, and is just leaving the clean fuel standards to be applying to to liquid fuels again, mostly gas and diesel. It's a huge change with absolutely huge implications to it. So is the energy industry a little bit more excited about this since they took out uh, solids and gas? 
Well, I think one one area that's really uh, more excited about this is the ED sector, the emissions intensive energy exposed sector. So oil and gas is part of that, but also mining, forestry, um, steel, cement, like all, all that heavy industry, because it, one of their problems was that they, they tend to use a lot of the gases, uh, the gaseous fuels, and they get squeezed because you know, as farmers know very well, they're, they're, you can't necessarily uh, change your prices just because the cost of your inputs increase. You're, you're feeding into a global market, and so your price is constrained. And so they were really worried that they were going to feel the pinch of higher costs. They couldn't pass it on, and it really, really was uncertain what those costs were going to be, what would what would happen if, if uh, those gaseous fuels couldn't be decarbonized, what sort of penalties there might be. So um, the uncertainty for a, a lot of industries lifted with that change. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Hey, everybody. It's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch of Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now, we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of red and black Angus, horn and pulled Herefords, Red and black Sim Angus, Charlay, and Red Balancer bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now, don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor, or Bill at 1 800 665 7253. It's your Agri Weather Forecast on the Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Partly cloudy today with 30% chance of flurries, wind 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 5 degrees. The low, minus 14. Wind chill, minus 12 tonight, minus 22 overnight. Tomorrow, increasing cloudiness, 40% chance of flurries in the afternoon with risk of freezing rain. Wind becoming southeast, 30 gusting to 50 in the morning. The high tomorrow, zero. The low, minus 16. Friday, sunny. Temperature steady around minus 13. Saturday, sunny. The high plus 2, the low minus 4. Sunday, sunny, the high plus 3, the low minus 8. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 5, the low minus 12. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 11. Normal high for this date is minus 9, the normal low minus 21. The sun rose at 8.54 this morning. It sets at 4.55 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, Maple Creek at plus 4. The cold spot, minus 32, Stony Rapids up north. Estevan is minus 5, Saskatoon minus 14, Swift Current minus 2, Weyburn minus 8, Yorkton is minus 10. Regina is sunny and minus 12 degrees, that's 10 above Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest at 11. Humidity 82%, the barometer rising 101.2. Sunny in Moose Jaw minus 6, winds are calm. Once again, Regina sunny and minus 12, that's 10 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. A Canadian charity that focuses on the mental health of farmers has launched a campaign designed to encourage more producers to reach out for help if they need it. Reporter Cheryl Brooks spoke with Adele Stewart of Do More Ag, 
who says they focus on education and workshops that are designed to provide help for this special sector. We like to support where and when we can uh, research so we can continue to measure change in this space. And then also the anti-stigma and awareness, which is tied into the campaign that we're running right now. So let's just talk about the current campaign then. I guess, what is the focus of this particular campaign? It's a play on words. So the campaign is called Talk It Out. And based off of the old adage or stigmatizing phrases that we've so commonly heard in agriculture uh, in terms of instead of tough it out, you know, and toughing it out and, you know, just push through it. We want to change that conversation and encourage people to to talk it out, to talk about mental health, reach out if we need help. So the campaign is focused around promoting that type of verbiage in producers across Canada. What have you found in the past? I mean, I guess basically why were farmers and producers feeling like they had to tough it out. Why was that the case? You know, with the the number of unique factors that producers face in in the agriculture sector, it's really a sector unlike no other. And I do believe that we have to have a certain level of resilience to be in the industry. So, you know, I think it stems from that. and, And we've just maybe swung a little bit far on that pendulum of how tough and resilient we need to be to remain in the industry. And it doesn't have to be so isolating and so... Stoic, you know, and we are seeing that being that way is causing heightened levels of mental health issues in our producers across the nation. So that's kind of some of the reasons why and why it's so important to change that conversation. Let's talk a little bit about then how farmers can can get help that they need to to encourage them to to reach out. What sort of advice do you have for them to do that? Yeah, it's a, it's a really tough one, and it's a big gap in the industry. So that's part of the reason we started the foundation. So coming to Do More Egg can be, you know, a, a producer's first stop when they don't know where to go. And some of the resources that they can find by doing so, you know, coming in quarter one of uh, 2021, we have online virtual workshops about learning signs and symptoms of mental illness, how to have a conversation with someone else, talking about self-care and boundaries. There's going to be over 30 of those sessions across Canada available virtually for, you know, anybody to join in completely free. And then for maybe a person who needs more one-on-one and is ready to reach out on our website as well, we have a list of both crisis lines across Canada, but also we've been doing networking and recruiting mental health professionals who have lived ag experience. So now someone can reach out and they don't have to explain why ag is so different because that council that they're talking to has also lived on the farm or the ranch as well. So we're trying to bridge those gaps to decrease the, the stigma and the, the effort that it takes to get help. That's Adele Stewart with Do More Ag. If you'd like to find out more about their current workshops or ones they're have coming up, head to their website, domore.ag. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. The federal government has announced today up to $5.9 million for on-farm research projects in Manitoba. The funds are geared for cooperative work between farmers and scientists to determine best practices for environmental management. The Living Lab Eastern Prairies project has been launched throughout the last year on farms in the Upper Oak Lake, Swan Lake, North Shannon Creek and Main Drain watersheds. 
Key research work will look at enhanced habitat for beneficial insects, better tile draining practices and new approaches to prevent habitat loss and use regenerative grazing to capture carbon in grasslands. Current farm projects include perennial grassed buffer strips, cover cropping, intercropping and the construction of small wetland retention ponds. One of the farmers involved in the project is Les Felsch, who farms in the Emerson area near the U.S. border. The project that we're involved with is uh, is a, a tile drainage project and being on very heavy clay soils, tile drain is not a common practice in our area. I installed it in 25, fall of 2015, it's a very small project to try to eliminate some salinity problems. These uh, salinity problems are, are in our soils come from the eastern escarpment, uh, which I live about a mile away from, and the water pressure uh, brings the salts to the surface. At the time the tiles were installed, we did a, I guess, recommended system, uh, a tile system at the time, and our researchers now are doing a project where they are checking to see how much value there is in the system that we put in. and if in the future we would have to have the tiles closer together in order to help with the salinity and water infiltration. They are drilling a number of wells and measuring uh, water levels and uh, nutrient levels between the tiles and above the tiles. They are also checking the uh, surface water flows off this field and uh, nutrients uh, exiting the, the field also. I was quite excited, I guess, when they first announced this project, probably about two years ago. I guess my concern was at the time that it, I believe it was supposed to be a four-year project with, I don't remember the exact dollar or amount that was involved at the time, but I'm thinking the today's announcement is, is a continuation uh, of this project in the future and hopefully that uh, we can come up with more projects that will uh, work with this uh, new money and help the environment on top of it. Other sites in Canada for Living Lab initiatives include Prince Edward Island and Quebec. The three prairie wheat commissions are challenging a report on the impact of wheat prices on food costs. The latest Canada Food Price Report for 2021 sees bakery products rising 3.5 to 5.5 percent. A quote in an article pointed to the rising cost of wheat. But the three prairie wheat commissions questioned the data. Quoting stats can, the average farm gate price for wheat was 3.3% lower in October 2020 than in April 2019. The data also shows a decrease in the value of grains of 2.7% from April 2019 to September 2020. Sask Wheat Chair Brett Halstead says the article's price changes are misleading and do not reflect the on-farm prices wheat producers are receiving for their grain. He says producers appreciate that several factors influence store shelf prices, but the cost of wheat is not a major factor in the rise of food costs. He says Canadian consumers have one of the lowest costs for food relative to income while enjoying quality and safe food supplies. Data from the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture shows that a bushel about 60 pounds of number one red spring wheat was worth $5.66 in January 1975. In January 2020, the same bushel, same wheat, 
was worth $6.22, from 5.66 to 6.22 in a space of 45 years. Halstead says the price reflection shows producers have continually improved productivity and competitiveness. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollow's Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. Viterra prices were moving down in early trading this morning. Canola fell 240 at 554.47. Number one red spring wheat dropped 36 cents at 236.52. The rest were unchanged. Durham 297.62. Feed barley 209.70. Flax 693.37, lentils 557.50, oats 211.53, yellow peas 328.89, and feed wheat 183.72. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, March red spring wheat rose a quarter cent at 559 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. The Semi Livestock had a regular sale on December 2nd and a bread sale on December 12th. FRS sold for 95 to 127. D1 to D2 sold for 66 to 78. D3 cows sold for 45 to 55. Slaughter bulls sold from 88 to 101. Bred heifers sold for 17.50 ahead. An older bred cow sold for 1,200 ahead. This is Jordan Stevens with the Cinnaboy Livestock Market Report. And the latest pork prices: 152.84 per ckg for both Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report. Shareholders of two rival energy companies voted in favor of joining forces yesterday, clearing the way for Synovus Energy's multi-billion dollar takeover of Husky Energy. The two Calgary-based companies each held special shareholder meetings to vote on the $3.8 billion all-stock buyout. The endorsement by investors of both firms was resounding, with more than 90% of votes cast in favor of the acquisition. The backing of shareholders leaves regulatory approval as the deal's last major hurdle. The surprise transaction announced in October is expected to close in the first quarter of 2021. It comes at a pivotal time in Canada's energy sector as the collapse in oil prices and global pandemic puts pressure on the oil and gas industry. The combined company would create the third largest Canadian oil and natural gas producer by total production. Wholesale sales in Canada beat expectations as they increased for the sixth straight month in October. Stats Canada says wholesale sales were up 1% over the previous month to $66.7 billion ahead of the 0.9% increase that economists had expected. The agency says gains in the machinery, equipment and supplies and building material subsectors all contributed to the growth. But it says that was partially offset by declines in the food, beverage and tobacco and personal and household goods subsectors. On the market, strength in the technology and telecom sectors helped lift Canada's main stock index in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was up 35 points at 17,542. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 43 points at 30,155. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.39 cents U.S. compared with 78.60 cents Tuesday. The January crude oil contract was down 24 cents at 47.38 a barrel. 
That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, the place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.